Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. And then they're like, <laughs> you mean there, there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like, nobody said, oh, you know, here, you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Hi, my name is Victoria Atkin, and you're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast Season 4. Today, we have a woman that is transforming the talent that comes onto these sets and finding the most incredible people. Please, can you tell everybody what your name is and where you grew up? My name is Emily Schweber, and I grew up in New Jersey, about 20 minutes outside of New York City. And can you tell everybody what you do? What's your professional title and where you work? My title is casting director, and I work out of my office. I work independently, so I don't work for any particular company. I just work for whoever hires me. Amazing. And you're over in Los Angeles, right? That's where your your casting company is. Yes. Fantastic. And this question we ask to every single guest, and it's a it's a question that I really I really enjoy asking because there's so many different answers and there's no right answer to it. How would you best describe what performance capture is to somebody that wasn't that wasn't familiar with it? I think it's a combination of film and theater in terms of in terms of the actor. It combines acting, voice, and movement skills. You know, all of those have to be used together. So an actor has to be very flexible to combine those skills. You've cast a lot of TV and film over your career. How did you first transition into performance capture? How did that come to you? What was the first project that you cast? And how did you discover what this is and this become so heavily involved in this part of the community? When I decided I wanted to get into casting, I first I was first living up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I worked for a commercial casting director. So I worked on commercials, and I also learned how to do extras casting, background extras. So I would go to the set if a movie was shooting in San Francisco and help organize and cast the extras. Then I moved to Los Angeles, and I trained in film casting. So I started working as an assistant, and you work as as an assistant for a long time. And then I worked for one particular wonderful uh, casting director in Hollywood for about 10 years. So all of my training was in movie casting. And I think that I was, and then I went out on my own after I was a casting associate for a long time. And I think I had been doing out on my own as a casting director, probably for about 10 or 12 years when there was an orientation barbecue at my daughter's school when she entered a new school in in sixth grade. And, you know, I happened to be sitting next to other parents whose kids were also there for the first time. And I was sitting next to someone who who asked me what I did. And I said I was a casting director and I asked him what he did. He said he was a video game director. 
And I said, I'm oh, well, who this might um, be. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, who it is. <laughs> and I said, well, if you ever need a casting director. And he said, no, I, I, I love casting. I cast, I, I do all the casting myself. <laughs> okay, great. And that was Tom Keegan. <laughs> and then I think I ran into him another time at a school event, checked in. We chatted a little bit. And about a year later, he's, he called and he said, we should have lunch. I think I might need you. He said that he was working with a group who was asking him for, to make a list of Tilda Swinton types. He said, I don't know who those actors are. And then he said that they were interested in an actor who was on board a series Boardwalk Empire. And he said, I don't have the contacts with the theatrical agents. Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to reach out to them and, and, and make those arrangements? And I said, of course, I can, do, I can do all those things. So the first game that I worked on with him was Battlefield 4. And that actor that they wanted on Boardwalk Empire was Michael K. Williams. Wow. That's what started our relationship. And I think that in addition to, I think that my main contribution was to bring in the theatrical world instead of, I think, casting up to a certain point was mostly done with voice actors who also worked on camera, who had voiceover agents. And I love the voiceover agents and I work with them all the time. But I also have many relationships with movie and TV agents. And so, uh, and I had worked on so many movies by that time. So I could bring in those ideas and not think about who's a TV actor, who's a film actor, who's a video game actor, who's a voice actor. It just, mm -hmm. it just, it's just about who's best for, for these roles. I could expand on the world that Tom knew, although he very much is so involved in, in you know, when, when we do casting together and he works with, with all the actors and the callbacks. And the other thing is that I think that the level of organization that we do in a casting office is that we've got all the materials. It's not like you're sitting around wondering if someone's going to show up. I mean, everybody's confirmed either one every 15 minutes or one every 20 minutes. And we make a director's job much, much easier. So they don't have to worry about all that stuff. I really like how you said about, you know, bringing actors from theatrical medium. That was actually my, you know, entrance into performance capture. I didn't have a voiceover agent. I'd never done any voiceover work when I got Assassin's Creed for Evie Fry. And it came through my theatrical manager and I had to do a self-tape. And I'd never done a self-tape for motion capture before. I didn't know what that was. And Ella and I were talking about this because... Um, she hadn't done performance capture either. And we both come from these, you know, TV film backgrounds. And um, you quite quickly learn when you're in the volume. But I like how you said that, you know, it's it's just looking for the actor, you know, that's right for that job. And I love that because I think that's something that we're getting closer and closer to now of this medium. And the, one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast and why I'm so passionate about the recognition of this part of the industry being as recognized as TV and film for the talent and the the skill and the collaboration that like you were talking about with Tom and yourself and the whole process is so much like the TV and film world. And I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, I love interviewing and talking to people like yourself that kind of confirms that and that process. Moving on to uh, a little bit more about that, what do you enjoy about casting for performance capture and 
how does that differ from TV and film if if there are subtle differences? With film, it's more about the face and the eyes and sometimes, you know, subtlety and underplaying. I mean, if we're doing a film audition, <clears throat> we've got the camera really tight in. But when we're working on a video game audition, we're trying to get the full body and doing things that would be like coming through the doorway, entering the room, crossing over the window, listening for, you know, the helicopter that's coming, using props. You know, we've got guns here. We've got a lightsaber. You know, we've got a sword. And she's talking about props for everyone listening. Props. That would that would seem <laughs> a little bit strange with, um, with a film audition. We don't really use props. Yeah. And we don't like to mime things like, you know, a cigarette or a the steering wheel or something like that, whether, whereas, whereas in games, we do like to do a little bit more blocking out so that you create the scene. What's your, what's your favorite thing about motion capture? And now that you, you know, you've cast many projects now, what, what's the, your favorite thing about, about this medium? I mean, my favorite thing is really the same thing that is my favorite thing about any kind of casting, which are the director sessions. Because that's when I can absorb new information and learn from these fantastic directors like like Tom Keegan and also like Caroline Livingstone, Taylor Kurosaki, other directors I've worked with. I love to hear the adjustments that they give the actors and how they direct them. And then I can take that back to enhance my sessions, my pre-screen sessions, because I there are I do a lot of of pre-screening with with games much more than than with film. I mean I might for for you know the roles in the game that we worked on together that we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know for those leads, I definitely saw between fifty and a hundred actors for each each role. Oh wow, that's a lot. Then I might take twenty five or thirty of them. And show them to Tom, and then maybe we will see between ten and twenty-five actors. And um, can you tell me um, maybe something that you can talk about from a uh, particular experience of casting someone for performance capture uh, that stood out for you? Something that maybe that you—it's been very, very memorable. Maybe it's an experience working with Tom, or just a, a specific incident, or um, something that's stuck in your mind that's been very memorable during your process of casting performance capture? You know, anything that I've done for the past two years, I can't even talk about. <laughs> so now I've got to reach, <laughs> like, reach back. Like most of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I like to do is, is initially when I start and I'm talking to a director or to the creative team, I ask them to give me prototypes, how they imagine the character. And I also ask them what, you know, what shows or what examples our inspirations to them, what do they personally watch so that I can bring in people that might be really exciting to them that they wouldn't be expecting to see. So if it's, you know, if it's casting someone who was on the show Homeland or who was in, you know, Terminator 2 or The Matrix, you know, if I can bring in someone who's associated with a movie like that, then then I, I feel like people get, get kind of a, a charge out of Buzz. that. Yeah. yeah. 
I like that. And um, something that I've realized I've been talking to, you know, many guests that have been pioneers in this field. And I and I really do consider you as as one of these uh, pioneers through the casting process of performance capture. And, and the reason why, I, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about documenting and archiving people like yourselves in this for the history of performance capture. What you just said about smashing expectations and giving them something that you know, they don't expect. And that, uh, one of our other guests, Ace Ruel, talked about being an asset, being an asset to people. And I think that what you've just said is doing something different, doing things that another casting director wouldn't do or thinking outside of the box has seemed to be uh, something, a pattern that I've noticed that the people that are doing extremely well, like yourself in this industry, are doing that little something different, giving that going a little bit above and beyond. And I think that that's you know, really where a lot of success lives, I'm hearing. And uh, I don't know whether you would agree with that. Yeah, I try to think of really creative ideas when I bring actors in. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but kind of to take the descriptions and and I do feel that I have the freedom to to go outside of that. And they're, they're not strict boundaries, so I can I can say, well, what if the character were like this or like this? Yeah, I, I like yeah. that. And I like the courage around that, you know, to just go, I got this. All right. And trusting, you know, your wisdom and your, you know, breaking those barriers down and, and having the courage to speak up and, and go above and beyond that is, is really cool. Um, I have a lot of actors ask me, like, how do you get into performance capture? Where do you get your auditions from? You talked about it a little bit with the people that you work with. You know, what advice would you give an actor that's listening to this that wants to get into performance capture? How do they go about that? And, you know, do they need to have a voiceover agent? Do they need to have all bases covered? I think there are a lot of workshops going on and uh, performance capture, you know, acting classes that, that would probably be very good to take. I don't think this is a medium where someone can come in and just kind of wing it or have very, very little acting experience. I think it requires a lot of preparation for each audition and really knowing the material. You know, we can tell when someone's not prepared. It doesn't help the audition if everything isn't, isn't memorized, but then, you know, then having the freedom to change things, of course. Because of that, I do work primarily through agents and managers. I'm not doing the kind of outreach where I'm just looking for actors with with no with no experience yet, and it's it is hard just logistically to to set up people that aren't aren't working through a particular system that I use, which is called Breakdown Services. So it's you know it's doing the it's doing the work, doing the graft of the you know your actor training. And taking the steps and and getting the agents and managers and people in place and getting themselves on actors access in the U.S. to really get that foundation so that people like yourselves can reach out. Yeah. And what are you looking for with materials? What do you for performance capture? Obviously, that question's asked a lot with demo reels. And do you look for specific motion capture reels, or are you happy with a you know TV film reel or voiceover reels? Are they useful at all for you? I'm really happy with with any kind of a reel. It is so helpful for me to hear someone's voice, although I prefer the on-camera reels, but it's 
it's my way of going through all the actors that have been submitted to look at them before. I mean, I can't see an unlimited amount of actors. So the reels really help me. And sometimes if I'm short on time, I don't even go through actors that don't have reels if I'm meeting new people. What are you looking for in a performance capture audition? What stands out for you? What, when, you know, when an actor walks out of that room and you think, wow, that was, that was fantastic. Like that's, you know, along the lines of what we're looking for. Or alternatively, that's, that's not what we're looking for at all. What's, you know, what, what stands out for you? Uh, it's really hard to describe the elements that have to come together. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know that I understand it myself. It's just kind of based on years of, instinct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see many, many auditions and there might be just a few that feel that feel right or good. I don't even know if I could be that specific about it. To put it into the words, energy, the, yeah, the energy, the energy guess, about we, it. I mean, it, with performance capture, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about essence and energy and the consciousness and, and that um, I was just talking to Terry Notary about this, and uh, I love this conversation about consciousness and essence that you can capture that, you know, with performance capture. And I think we've also talked a lot on the show about athletes and being in the zone. And I think from an actor perspective, you know when you're you're there, and you know when you're not there. And I guess from your point, when it's a when it's a transferring of energy, and you're seeing that in the room you can notice when that's on point and when that's not, right? I think confidence when you when you come in the room is very important. Of course, we haven't done in-the-room casting sessions for well over two years now. So it's all through Zoom. And I am taking advantage of self-tapes more than I ever did before in casting. And I think that actors have gotten really, really good at doing self-tapes mm-hmm. and the quality of them. So that has also really helped me in casting. But I'm just there to help actors in the room or in the audition. I'm there to enhance their opportunity to get the role. That's what I want to do. Anything that I can do to make it a better audition, I do it. And anyone that has come in for me knows that we'll usually do it more than once. And There is an opportunity that I wish that more actors would take advantage of, which is that I would say to you, do you have any questions? And I always say it in a a video game. Do you have any questions? It would be great if more actors could take advantage of that and ask questions. Because a lot of times the response is, no, it's very straightforward. No, it's on the page. It's not straightforward. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's so much going on in every beat, in every line. <laughs> Have you there's ever done a this lot before? To say. There's a lot to talk about. And so yeah. I, I try to bring that into the audition to help the actors. And then the second time we do it, it's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, I didn't realize who they, who, what is the relationship between the actors? What happened right before the scene? Where are they? What time period is this? What kind of a game is this? You know, all those, all those things. 
great. This is such great advice. It's so nice to talk to you about this. You know, it's so rare that we get to have these conversations. And I'm so grateful for your time and sharing this amazing wisdom that you've collected over the years. And and so many, you know, so much service to this industry, you know, whether it's helping Tom or other directors to bring new talent and to to help us, you know, grow. And I think that, you know, with the self-tapes, my question about that is, you know, I really, I really enjoy self-tapes. I find that performance capture and voiceover and TV and film, I mean, the characters that I've played in my career are just another opportunity to hide behind myself and not not do that, but also bring myself to it. The self-tape aspect of the pandemic has been amazing because I feel like you have time to prepare it in your own privacy of your own home and have it how you want to do it. And you don't have anyone live watching you that puts, you know, any pressure on yourself. Do you think that self-tapes are going to now be the future, even when we can be back in the room? Or do you prefer having to work with actors live? Or you, how do you feel about that? I wish I knew the answer to that question because it would help me know whether I should keep on renting my casting office or not. All the online casting is working really well, except when we do the director callbacks. I have heard from directors that they would like to get back into in person, which we're we're not doing yet. I imagine for um, Assassin's Creed, when we got down to the, like fifth or sixth round of that, and we had to do chemistry reads because we were playing twins. Yeah, I mean, how is that? Well, I haven't done that in the pandemic. Sort of a chemistry read yet. How's that playing out on Zoom? I, I guess that's probably not as easy, right? I I was working on a film. Not too long ago, when we did do chemistry reads all on on Ecocast, and so we were seeing the two actors, and they could see each other, and they couldn't see anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't see our faces watching. So there is a program for that. Okay, it's just sometimes people don't have good internet or good equipment, and that's when it gets to be, um, you know, a little frustrating. Yeah. High-speed internet is a new investment, right? <laughs> and also, even with the self-tapes, it's good to remember that it's great to see at least the waist up because, you know, in a game with gestures and maybe starting to walk away and then there's always that line coming at the back at the end, turn back to camera, you know, turning around, walking around, pacing. I, I love to see all that in a self-tape and not just again, the head and shoulders that we would do if it were a film. Talking of gestures, I have to add uh, in the podcast, because obviously this is audio, that I've seen Emily do some amazing gestures in this, including a cigarette, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, steering a steering wheel, and now turning, <laughs> swiveling in her chair to do turnbacks. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. I just want to add that for our audio listeners um, that I've enjoyed that. We have to wrap this up. It's been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, just one piece of simple advice that you could give anybody listening that either wants to get into performance capture casting, perhaps, or actors that are listening that have, you know, have auditioned for you and perhaps haven't managed to get any further. Like, what piece of advice would you give? Or, or just, you know, you've had an incredible career and you've been very successful for a long time. What advice would you give to people for, you know, success or or particularly with performance capture? Is there any piece of simple advice that you could give as a takeaway? Theater training is a real plus for this medium. And and what I mentioned before, feeling confident and ask questions. This is just the same things. Three great things. And don't be afraid to ask ask questions to a director as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I I really like to use actors in my auditions as readers. Okay. 
then one time, you know, the actor left the room and I said something like, why, I wonder why they didn't ask me anything. And the actor said, well, we're told to be polite and not bother you <laughs> and just not take up your time. That was a revelation to me. I had no idea. That's quite spot on. A lot of actor training, people do say that. And it's like, you know, you get in there, do your job and get out. And, and I, it's really refreshing to hear that, that you want to have that more collaboration with people and, and that you encourage that and you actively, you know, are, are going for that. So any actor that's listening, I've, I've learned something new today and, and, and I'm, I'm happy that that's part of it. And um, it comes back to you, you know, wanting to do everything that you can to help the actor, you know, be the person for the job. So. We know you're not on social media, but is there any way for actors or other people in casting to get in touch with you or directors that are listening to this that want to use you for casting? How do they get in touch with you? Do you have a website or do you, um, can actors get their managers or agents to send you information? How, how do people get in touch? Oh, with I have you? a website, emilyschwebercasting.com, and there is a way to contact me. And I am on Facebook, even though I only look at it every few months or so. <laughs> So the website and email is probably best. Yeah. <laughs> and my email, I think, can be found. It's on IMDb Pro Brilliant. and it's probably out there. But I am going to try to do more social media. That's my, that's my goal. I need a little help with that. We're so happy that you came on, on board for this podcast. It's an absolute honor to have you. And thank you so much for all your service to Performance Capture and TV and Film. And thanks for your time today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Emily. Thank you for listening. Victoria now hosts online classes for students worldwide. To learn more about how to work in the performance capture industry as an actor, visit www.victoriaatkin.com forward slash classes to find out more. The Performance Capture podcast was recorded and edited at Soundbox Studios in Los Angeles. Soundbox LA is the founding studio in the Soundbox Studio Group a collective of talent-owned and operated boutique voiceover studios with multiple locations in the Los Angeles area and Southern Colorado. You can find out more at soundbox.la. This podcast could not be made without the efforts of many people. We'd like to thank our guests, my fellow producer, Bethany Monroe, our social media manager, Bailey Reeves, and the amazing team at Soundbox Studio Group, Tim Friedlander and Ryan Riveros. The multi-talented Ryan is also the composer of our theme music. <laughs>